0: Greetings, and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that Paul, despite being a Roman citizen, Acts twenty two twenty eight 28, described himself as a servant? Roman citizenship was highly prized in the first century when it came to his relationship to Jesus Christ, he referred to himself as his servant. This Digging Deeper explores why Paul chose this word for himself and how he intended brethren to understand it. Modern readers will uncover its relevance. This article highlights Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Romans 1, 1. King James Version throughout. Before he declared his ministerial office as an apostle, he described himself as Christ's servant. Gary Everett's study notes on the Holy Scriptures emphasizes Paul's word order here. Quote, notice that Paul calls himself a servant before declaring himself an apostle. The Greek language often lacks our familiar word order of subject-verb-object. Instead, the Greek places words in the order of their emphasis, or the order of importance, to the thought being presented. End of quote. Subheading, Servant, Not Slave Notice that the King James Version of the Bible translates the Greek word doulos as servant and not slave. Webster's 1828 dictionary explains the difference. Quote, "Servant" difference from slave, as the servant's subjection to a master is voluntary; the slave's is not. Every slave is a servant, but every servant is not a slave. End of quote. The expository notes of Doctor Constable agrees. Quote, In his relationship to Jesus Christ, Paul was a bond servant. Greek doulos. Some translators have rendered this word slave, but Paul was a willing servant of Christ. Compare Philippians 2 7. End of quote. The Expositor's Bible Commentary, Volume 10, explains why the word servant is appropriate. Quote Some prefer the rendering slave, but this could suggest an unwilling attachment. In Israel, The citizenry regarded themselves as servants of their king, even though they were free men. Since this word loss" is used of Christ in relation to the Father, Philippians 2.7, where slave would be inappropriate, the translation servant is altogether fitting here. By beginning in this fashion, the writer is putting himself on the same plane as his readers. He does not seek to dominate them. End of quote. By employing the word servant, Paul compares himself to God's Old Testament prophets, as explained by the Net Bible. Quote, Undoubtedly, the background for the concept of being the Lord's servant is to be found in the Old Testament scriptures. For someone who was Jewish, this concept did not connote drudgery, but honor and privilege. It was used of national Israel at times, Isaiah 43.10 but was especially associated with famous Old Testament personalities, including such great men as Moses, Joshua fourteen seven, David, Psalm eighty nine three, compare Second Samuel seven, verses five and eight, and Elijah, Second Kings 10, ten. All these men were servants of the Lord, end of quote. Subheading the Attitude of a Doulos. Jesus referred to his followers as servants, as explained by Albert Barnes in his notes on the Bible. Quote, "This name was what the Lord himself directed his disciples to use as their general appellation." Matthew 10:25, 20:27, 20, Mark 10:44. And it was the customary name which they assumed. Galatians 1:10, Colossians 4:12, 2 Peter one. 1 Jude one one Acts four twenty nine Titus one one James one one end of quote Daniel Whedon's commentary on Old and New Testaments defines this Greek word quote servant to bind so signifying a bondsman to be a doulos of a divine master is a high honor just so in English we may say servant of God but never slave of God, end of quote. In his comment on Luke 7 two, Whedon notes that this word designates, quote, any person performing a subordinate service for any reason whatsoever, as for hire, for love, from civil office, from religious duty, or from ownership, end of quote. David Guzik's Enduring Word Commentary establishes the attitude of service. Quote, there were several Greek words used to designate a slave, but the idea behind a word for servant, doulos, is complete and utter devotion, not the abjectness, which was the normal condition of the slave, Morris. And two, a servant of Jesus Christ is a higher title than monarch of the world, from Pool. End of quote. Subheading, Servanthood in the ancient world Servanthood was quite a different relationship in the Groman Reco world of the first century than what people think of slavery in the Western world as explained by the ESV study Bible. Quote The Roman institution of being a bond servant or slave duos, was different from the institution of slavery in North America during the seventeenth through the nineteenth centuries. Slaves, bondservants, servants, generally were permitted to work for pay and to save enough to buy their freedom. See Matthew twenty five fifteen, where the servants, again doulos, were entrusted with immense amounts of money and responsibility. End of quote. Servanthood was not a relationship foreign to first century people, as explained by John D. Morris in his article a bond slave and a freeman for the Days of Praise publication. Quote, the parallel phrase bondslave of the emperor was commonly used in governmental and commercial circles of the day, and the readers in Rome would fully understand the meaning of the new term. The emperor of Rome not only was to be obeyed as a human slave owner and king, he also was to be worshipped as a god. Paul boldly proclaimed himself to be the bondslave of a different slave owner the subject of a different king and the worshiper of a different god." End of quote. Albert Barnes in his notes on the Bible expands this idea further. Quote, "It is often however applied to courtiers or the officers that serve under a king because in an eastern monarchy the relation of an absolute king to his courtiers corresponded Nearly to that of a master and a slave. Thus, the word is expressive of dignity and honor. And the servants of a king denote officers of a high rank and station. It is applied to the prophets as those who were honored by God or especially entrusted by Him with office. Deuteronomy 34 5, Joshua 1 2, Jeremiah 25 4. The name is also given to the Messiah. Isaiah 42, one, Behold my servant in whom my soul delighteth. And also Isaiah 53.11 Shall my righteous servant justify many? End of quote. Jesus was the Father's servant. Subheading Christians as Servants Not only did Paul describe himself as Christ's servant, but our New Testament uses this term for Christians generally as explained by R.C.H. Lenski's Commentary on the New Testament. Quote, In the New Testament, John, as for instance in Revelation 1-1, often employs doulos with reference to all Christians, with which passage Ephesians 6-6, 1 Peter 2-16 agree. And we may add Romans 6, 16-20, 14-4, 7-8, and 1 Corinthians 7 22 together with the statements that we all belong to Christ, are bought by him, and are bound to serve him. End of quote. Christ's sacrifice has set his servants free from being slaves of Satan. John 8.34, Galatians 4.3, as explained by John D. Morris in his article, A Bondslave and a Free Man for the Days of Praise publication. Quote, Long before Nero's executioner freed Paul from the limitations of his physical body, Paul had been made a free man of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 7:22. The common title of the day, freedman of the emperor, designated a bondslave of the emperor who had been elevated by the emperor to a higher position. Paul had been, and all believers have been, ransomed out of the slave market of sin by Christ's blood, and have been set free from the guilt, power, and penalty of that sin. End of quote. Paul explained that Jesus purchased Christians. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians six nineteen 19-20. Christ's death provided the ransom price to set them free from slavery to sin, self, and Satan. Matthew 20, 28, and Ephesians 1, 7. Christians are servants of Jesus Christ. This is an honored position in Christ. Nonetheless, Christians owe everything to him and are obliged to serve him at every command. Jesus explained this discipleship. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28-30. Subheading a special relationship. This servanthood also implies a special relationship with Christ. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known to you. John fifteen fourteen 14-15 The preacher's complete homiletical commentary reconciles the competing terms, servants with friends. Quote, I call you no longer servants. Doulos. But the apostles rejoiced in his service. Romans one, 1 2 Peter 1, one. It was, however, a free service, not that of a slave. The slave's position admits but of one mode of action, unthinking obedience. It is far otherwise with Christ's disciples and friends. He takes them into confidence, reveals himself and his work to them makes them fellow laborers in his vineyard, end of quote. How privileged are Christians as servants of Jesus Christ. This servanthood and friendship are unlike any other in human history. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to livingeducation at lcgeducation.org, sponsored by The Living Church of God.